You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. I'm Tim Fitzgerald at GoPowerCat.com. And I'm Michael Swain of Fog.net. This is a replay of WIBW show The Drive. Here's this week's episode on the 24-7 Sports Podcast Network. Good evening, Wildcat and Jayhawk fans, and welcome to The Drive, sponsored by Briggs Auto Group. I am Tim Fitzgerald at GoPowerCat.com. And the man across the studio for me is Mr. Michael Swain of Fog.net. Michael, I don't know if I'm wearing like a... Crimson Tide colors or Nebraska colors? Because you just played them in basketball, but I feel like I'm, I was dressed poorly tonight. No, Fitz, you always look great, and this outfit is uh, no different than any other you've ever Thank worn. Thank you. Thank you. Give Michael five dollars. <laughs> you can interact with us on social media at facebook.com slash the drive show, on Twitter at the drive 13, and of course, answer our weekly poll question and make your game predictions on our Twitter page. And remember, if you ever miss an episode of The Drive, you can listen to an audio-only version that will appear each Monday morning in the form of a podcast at GoPowerCat.com and Fog.net. And we start things off with our two-minute drill. The first segment of the two-minute drill is sponsored by Vanderbilt's Your Work Boot Center. All right, Fitzwalt, Nebraska was expected to be a solid test for Jerome Tang's Kansas State squad, but the Cats cruised to a 71-56 victory on Saturday night at T-Mobile Center in Kansas City. So, Fitz, how much improved is K-State being made by Jerome Tang? Uh, They're getting there. They really are. This team is so much better than it was earlier in the year. And I asked Coach Tang after the game, if you go back, you won the Cayman Island Classics, but you know, how much better is your team since then? And he said, it's, you know, a a world better. They they really looked good against Nebraska. And I gotta tell you, Nebraska looks the part. Um, I know they've had their struggles under Fred Hoiberg. They finally seem to be getting some traction this year with a huge win over Creighton, uh, a rival and and a top 10 program at the time. Uh, but boy, K-State jumped on them fairly early in this game and just outworked them. And that's really impressive because uh, Fred Hoiberg's teams might uh, have some problems right now at Nebraska and be underachieving at times, but they typically defend you and play hard. Uh, but boy, K-State got out when it was up by more than 20 in the second half. And a big reason why was Keontae Johnson, the guy right there on your screen. I tell you what, this kid started slowly. They were double teaming him a lot. But K-State started to make plays from other guys, and they knew they couldn't continue to give Keontae all the defensive attention, and he just broke loose after that. Keontae Johnson ended up with 23 points, 11 rebounds. He really dominated the game throughout the second half. And while Nebraska made a run, and I think they got it to seven late in the game, K-State just opened it back up by you know, patiently finding the right shots and then getting to the free throw line. This team is progressing uh, probably ahead of what I imagined as they get closer and closer to the Big 12 schedule. They play Radford on Wednesday in their final tune-up before playing West Virginia on the 31st in Manhattan. 
They're getting there. But boy, Michael, as you know, this conference is brutal. And if you're not ready from the jump in the Big 12, you're going to get knocked out of the race before you know what happened. So uh, I'm excited to see where they are. And the thing that I was most impressed of with against Nebraska was they defended at a really high level. They seemed really well put together on that end of the floor. This was a game that felt like it encapsulated everything that we've talked about with this Kansas State team. They played really hard, they defended pretty well, and they showed some resiliency. Yeah. I think those are all the things they're going to need when conference play comes around to compete and potentially win games. Well, I know this. There's one team in this conference that K-State needs to improve a lot to compete with, and that is Kansas, which boat raced Indiana inside Allen Fieldhouse on Saturday, 84-62. Is KU playing like the best team in the Big 12 right now? They really are. And I think if you would have said that after KU lost to Tennessee in the Bahamas, I think people would have said, are you kidding me? No way. And here we are where I think most KU fans are saying, well, Christmas break, let's not have it. Let's keep playing games. Let's play a game once every three days. That's how well this team is playing as a whole. And this is an Indiana team that has had some lumps as of late. They lost to Arizona, they lost to Rutgers, but it is still a very good team. And for Kansas to win this game this handily is so impressive. And I think it's a collective performance. And I think it's probably KU's best collective performance of the season. And it starts on the defensive end of the floor. That's been something that Bill Self has talked a lot about. KU's defense at times has been really good. They forced a lot of steals, but have they been able to guard in the half court? And what they did against Jackson Davis from Indiana was really good. He didn't dominate the game offensively. He was great defensively and that's okay, but KU defensively is where things are gonna start. Because you think about the Big 12, you're gonna get in slogs. And down the stretch of a game, can you guard the opponent? And I think Kansas has shown a ton of improvement there. I think on an individual front, it's weird now that we're talking about Grady Dick and you say 20 points and that's not the talking point. It's five steals. It's his level of play on the defensive end of the floor. This team as a whole has had individual step up in each game, but I think the cohesiveness that they're showing as a unit right now is incredibly impressive. And I think it's now looking like, again, the road to the Big 12 title goes through Lawrence. This is a team that's going to be incredibly hard to beat at home with Allen Fieldhouse behind them. They're going to force turnovers. And when they force turnovers, they get out in transition. And that's how they've scored basically 90 points in every game they've played since they got back from the Bahamas. So overall, this Kansas team, just impressive with how well they're playing. KJ Adams is probably the most impressive, if you will, out of the group. Someone that early in the season really struggled and now all of a sudden is showing touch around the rim, finesse, some things that maybe were your questions going into the year. So right now, yes, Fitz, Kansas is looking like the best team in the Big 12 once again. And the bad news for the rest of the Big 12 is Grady Dick's only going to get better. Mm-hmm. We're just seeing the very start of his career. It might be a one-year career, but oh my, it's, it's special. It's pretty fun to watch. Well, Michael, this is our last show of the year because the next two Sundays are Christmas and New Year's. Yeah, you know what? I'm not, I'm not working on those days. And the Big 12 football schedule could be released by this time, you know, next week. I'm not sure. So what is one of the two matchups involving new Big 12 teams or existing ones you would like to see in the future? Well, for starters, outside of KU going to play UCF at some point in November next year when it's hopefully nice. snowing in Kansas, I think some of the regional matchups would be really fascinating. Cincinnati, have them play at West Virginia. Have them play at Iowa State. I think those would be really interesting games. Go down south, Houston, have them play Texas. Have them play Texas Tech. And have everyone go down to play at UCF. Get some warm weather games. But I think a lot of these matchups could be really fascinating. I think 
which teams go to Provo, Utah. Who plays at BYU? Those are going to be really, really tough road games, and those are some of the games that maybe I think Big 12 fans as a whole would like to see Texas and Oklahoma go. Yeah. Make them go out there and play at Provo, Utah, and have it be a late kickoff in terms of Midwest time slots. So I think those are some of the games I'm super fascinated to have a schedule come out, which is the first time I've ever said that. Yeah, well, um, well, we'll get more into this later, but there's now talk of OU and Texas leaving early, so that kind of screws things up. But I laid out a scheduling format that uh, I would have loved to see the Big 12 do, and it essentially made Oklahoma play all of their former Big 8 you know, comrades in KU, K-State, Iowa State, uh, and Oklahoma State. And Texas would play all of the Southwest Conference schools, plus West Virginia to even it out. Plus, those two departing schools would play home and away games with the four newcomers over the next two years, but that is probably going to change. I'm with you, and I, I've heard rumblings that K-State will get to go to Central Florida, UCF here in this first season, and I've also heard rumblings that Oklahoma is not on Kansas State's schedule, which I find horribly disappointing. These are rivalries that go way, way back. And I wish, even though they're going to end in the near future, they'd milk every year out of them, but apparently that's not going to happen. If K-State's playing, or KU, Texas instead of Oklahoma on the schedule, it just doesn't make sense to me. It really doesn't. Now, a quick look at your poll question results. The poll questions are brought to you by Midland Exteriors. Love the home you live in. Call today for a free estimate. All right, well, last week's question was, with conference play just around the corner, who will win the Big 12 this yeah, season? This, this was close. Uh, it was a landslide. It was uh, so Texas close. got 1%. Just look at that. Baylor got 6%. Kansas got 80%. And then Other got 12%. I don't I'm not sure remember Other be. ever coming in second on our poll. That's very interesting to me. Here's this week's question. The Big 12 is guaranteed to be involved in eight bowl games during this bowl season. Not bad since there's only 10 members. How many games will the conference win? Your answers are very thorough. Zero, one to three, four to five, or six or more. Make sure you vote on our Twitter page at The Drive 13. All right, well, that will do it for this half of the two-minute drill. But when we come back, we will have more on KU and K-State on The Drive. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to The Drive, fueled by BriggsAuto.com. Welcome back as we continue our weekly two-minute drill. This segment of the two-minute drill sponsored by Copeland Insurance Agency, part of your community for more than 60 years. All right, Fitz, because this is our final show before K-State plays Alabama in the Sugar Bowl, let's get your thoughts on news out of the Alabama camp that no players are expected to sit out the game. Yeah, how about that? Um, now, look, I'm going to be honest. I think at the end of the day, uh, if Bryce Young and Will Anderson, offensive and defensive stars for Alabama, play, it'll be very limited. But I think Nick Saban pulled a little Bill Snyder here. He, he's kind of like uh, – 
Uh, yeah, we have no one opt out so far. Everyone's gonna you know, be available, and, and, but by the time the game gets here, those two guys who are expected to be high first round picks <clears throat> won't be on the field for Alabama. That's just my thought. But I'll say this, I hope Alabama comes fully you know, stacked on their roster. Let's just see what happens. Maybe K-State gets blown out by that, maybe not. I mean, keep in mind that that full roster uh, almost lost to Texas earlier in the year. So I don't think the gap is that big between these programs, uh, even though the talent disparity, uh, according to the recruiting rankings, is enormous. <clears throat> Kansas State has an in, just a gigantic opportunity here to play against the biggest brand in college football. Now, whether or not they measure up is worth finding out. And if they do measure up, whether Alabama comes fully loaded with their entire team or the team they put on the field isn't quite what they were during the regular season, this is still Alabama's team. This is the team they are sending to the bowl game to represent their school. That is no uh, problem for K-State or nothing K-State should be ashamed of. They will play the team representing Alabama as Kansas State will also field the team. I think K-State's gonna be okay. I worry about some particular positions, maybe team speed, I'm not sure. But you play a physical brand of football in the Big 12, and also one where you have some extremely talented skill position players. So let's see what happens here and uh, get after it. But I tell you this, this Sugar Bowl is gonna be a lot of fun. Um, and it is, again, this is a, a chance for Kansas State to really show its worth on the national stage and I hope the players are up to that moment. I know Deuce Vaughn probably is. I know Felix Anudike Uzama probably won't see a double team on every snap like he did in the Big 12 because why would you need to do that to a player from the Big 12 if you're an SEC opponent? We'll see how it all works out. I know this, New Year's Eve, 11 a.m., Sugar Bowl, it's gonna be a blast and I'm glad I get to be there with a bunch of K-State people. Well, Michael, it was a busy Friday in the world of Kansas football as Kenny Logan announced his return to KU and it was reported, oh my gosh, Andy Kotelinicki, did I get that right? You I didn't even it. look at that, has agreed to contract with KU. Just how big are these two pieces of news? I think they're both big. I think one is probably bigger than the other. I think getting Andy Kotelinicki, your offensive coordinator, back for another season is hugely important. But let's start by talking about Kenny Logan, who is utilizing that extra COVID season where he will be a super senior next year. And if he plays over 10 snaps in the bowl game, he will have over 2000 snaps of college football experience. Wow. And that is something that Kansas has not had a lot of. Kansas best players have left early. What do you think about Dorrance Armstrong leaving early, even someone like Joe Deneen playing a lot late, but not having this extra COVID year. This is a rare opportunity for Kansas to return an all big 12 talent. Granted, I didn't think Kenny Logan had the best season this past year, but it's undoubted that he is the leader of Kansas defense and he's a very sound player and he's going to be around and help set this culture that Lance Leibold has talked a lot about. Now, let's get to the exciting part, Andy Kornick. You look at what he's done with Kansas and the talent that he has. Jalen Daniels was a Heisman contender and an incredible quarterback. Daniel Hyshaw and Devin Neal are two great running backs, but you put it all together and Kansas had talented players before. Steven Sims is in the NFL. Puka Williams and Khalil Herbert both had time in the NFL as well. KU has had NFL caliber players, but the offensive production has not always matched it. 
Andy Kornacki has done an incredible job of turning this talented Kansas offense into one that puts up a lot of points. And I think the play along the offensive line has been impressive as well. This is a Kansas front five that at times has been a little undersized, and yet they've allowed the fewest sacks in the Big 12. They've created holes where you have the most explosive running game in the conference. And again, all this goes back to the coach calling the plays. And you hear coaches talk about putting their players in a position to be successful. That's exactly what Andy Kornacki did. And now he gets a long contract, arguably one of the longest contracts for a coordinator that I think you've seen in the Power 5 level in some time. And again, it's some of this money from Lance Leipold's contract getting put to use already. That's really cool. Yeah, it's, you know, the biggest recruiting wins for Kansas State last season were guys like Ty Zentner and Eli Huggins coming back for that bonus year. Mm -hmm. Um, And they both played a huge role in K-State success. And now we step out of bounds, and Out of Bounds is brought to you by Darius Corner Market. We love local, and we are local for you. All right, Fitz, well, let's go back to the Big 12, because after everyone had settled on Oklahoma and Texas leaving after the 2024-25 sports season, news has now leaked that they want to leave after the 2023-24 season. Fitz, what is going on? I should have put some more 20s in there for you to read. Um, What a mess. I mean, what an absolute mess for... Uh, the Big 12. They they had come to the point where it was obvious that, you know, Texas and Oklahoma were leaving. And then they said, well, we don't want to pay this buyout, so we're going to just stick around the final two years and not pay the buyout. And now we're hearing they are negotiating with the conference to escape one season early instead of two. This is ridiculous. I mean, I, they ambushed the league by leaving then they said they're going to stay through this season, so work on the schedules, and now they're leaving earlier than that they said. They're literally not worth anything they say is worth nothing. It's just it's a mess for this entire conference. Uh, but I wish they were leaving next season. I wish the new Big 12 was 12 teams last next year, but instead it's going to be 14, and that's an odd number. But instead of having a home-and-home home ability for the next two seasons in some of these games, this is going to be like one year of a 14-team league, and then it's going to go to 12. What, what a mess that Oklahoma and Texas have made of everything. I wish them luck in the SEC, uh, but I think the Big 12 will be fine. And if it was up to me, we'd let them go right now. As soon as this sports season's over, they'd be gone. Um, and I, I kind of secretly hope that's what's going on. And that might be, Michael, why there's a delay in this schedule. Mm, is they're, sure. they're trying to figure out those details. And maybe now that they know it's just going to be a one-year schedule, they're going to do it entirely differently. We'll see. Yeah, I think it's probably a little too late for them to get rid of next season and have them be gone. But I do agree. Have me one more season, and let's just have this all be over with and get the 12 teams. I'm, I'm just recalling the movie Old Yeller. I think that might be what we need to do here. Now let's hear from the fans. Our fan question is sponsored by Metalark. Retirement awaits in Manhattan where you can live your way every day. Our fan question this week is, I'm curious to hear your predictions concerning the number of fans who will attend K-State and KU's bowl games. That's from Katie here in Topeka. Uh, I'm, I'm fascinated to see this. I'll, I'll be really interested to see what KU does. I mean, I, this is a great opportunity. Memphis isn't that far away. Uh, it's it's a cool town. I love Memphis, and I also love New Orleans. I think there'll be twenty-five to 30,000 K-Staters in, in New Orleans, even though it's really expensive down there at that time of year. Yeah, KU sold out its ticket allotment very quickly, Good. and I think there's going to be a lot of fans that buy up other tickets and Travis Gavis talked about wanting to paint Memphis crimson and blue and I think there's a very good chance that that's going to happen especially considering the way Arkansas season has per- 
you know, panned out with them yeah. underachieving just a little bit. Well, yeah. remember to ask us your questions on our Facebook page and on Twitter at The Drive 13. When we return, we will look at our predictions here on The Drive. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to The Drive, fueled by BriggsAuto.com. Well, it's time to head down the home stretch of this week's show. Now, let's take a look at your predictions, our predictions. The predictions are brought to you by Kites and Kites Aggieville Draft House, meeting your friends at Kites and the Draft House since 1954. And remember to make your weekly predictions on our Twitter page at The Drive 13. Let's look at last week's results. And again, this reinforces that we're the only show on television well, actually, it's probably true of a lot of shows now, where the audience is smarter than the hosts. Look at that. They went 3-0 and last week. I went 2-1. and Michael, you want to talk about this? No? no, let's not. Let's move okay. on. Okay, we'll just move on. Here's this week's picks. And like I said earlier in the show, this will be our last show before the end of the year because of the holidays falling on Sunday. So here we go with the bowl time. K-State versus Alabama. Alabama went back up to a 6.5-point favorite when they announced that everyone's playing. I expect that to go back down. But I will gladly take K-State in those bonus points, too. I think K-State, Mike, I'm going to say, K-State's going to win this game. Wow. going to win this game. Uh, hashtag fade fits. I will take Alabama. <laughs> and if I'm actually going to bet this game, I'm going to wait until very close to kickoff. Uh, All right. Well, next up is yeah. going to be Kansas versus Arkansas in the Liberty Bowl. Arkansas is a three-and-a-half point favorite. I'm going to take Kansas. I think this is the classic SECL. We don't care about the bowl game spot. And I think the team that wants to be there is the one that's going to win, and the team that wants to be there is Kansas. I agree with all that, but I'm going to take our Kansas uh, because <laughs> it's bowl season, and we should refer to our Kansas the way that it should be, our Kansas. But I will take our Kansas in this game. I think they just have – a lot of talent. And our last game of the week, of course, is TCU in Michigan. Michigan's a seven and a half point favorite. My football experts in my realm say there's no way TCU will play with them. I'm taking TCU. I'm horrible at this, too. I'll take Michigan. I think their lives, playing the line of scrimmage will be better. And I think TCU struggled against teams that do that really well. Again, make your picture on our Twitter page at The Drive 13. And if you want to make a lot of money gambling, do not do what I do, do the opposite. It's time for our On the Clock segment. On the Clock, sponsored by Carpet One, by Local for a Strong Local Community. And we start with Mr. Michael Swain of Fog.net. When I read postgame that Dewan Harris had recorded his first double-double of his career, I was absolutely shocked. I thought that at some point in years past, he had recorded at least 10 points and at least 10 assists, but no. Saturday against Indiana was the first time that he's done that, and it sparked Bill Self to compare him to Steve Nash and Jacques Vaughn in his ability to dribble the basketball, control the pace of the game without shooting, and he's been so incredibly impressive this season. He is the floor general, the guy that stirs the drink for Kansas, and without him, they would be in dire, dire trouble. And we talked about the COVID years earlier. He has two more years of eligibility. That 
is how important this COVID year is going to be for Kansas long term because Dewan Harris may not have the biggest NBA future, but he can make money with NIL at Kansas, and I think he can lead this Kansas team for years to come and as long as Bill Self wants to have him. That's really cool. Hey, look, normally when you mention an athletics director on a show like this, you're complaining about something. But tonight I'm giving a mad shout-out to Gene Taylor, AD at Kansas State. He not only had the guts to bring in his buddy Chris Kleiman as head football coach a few years back, and after four seasons, that pick looks to be rock solid as K-State seems to have really good footing on the football field. He also brought in Jerome Tang in basketball, and I don't think I've ever been around a coach that has uh, kind of engaged with the fan base at this level ever, and it's incredible to watch him. And he mentioned after the game in Kansas City that the honeymoon is supposed to end, but he just doesn't see that happening. He is very happy to be in Manhattan, and the fans are happy he's there too. This Tang Climbing combo is something else. Hats off to Gene Taylor. And that's it for this week's edition of The Drive. We will see you next week right here and all week on social media. It was a very bright shining light, Sarajevo, and they needed to kill that light. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo, thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. U2, they represent a personification of our resistance. The Hollywood Reporter hails Kiss the Future, moving and inspirational. Kiss the Future! Viva Sarajevo! Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply.